Season 2022 promises to be one of the most closely fought regular seasons in NRL history, with the six again rule modified yet again, hoping to bring a more even playing field, every team has something to fight for. Once again, I'm joined by my mates, Reese and Sean, to try and predict how your teams will stack up in the 2022 NRL season. This is the League Scenes look at the 2022 NRL season. One to the league scene, our look at the 2022 NRL season. Before we get into it, I would like to thank a few people. Uh, first of all, everyone who helped me with the rebrand of the podcast. Of course, now we're on a new name and a new logo, and I appreciate everyone who assisted in that process. Secondly, I'd like to thank my guests for today. First of all, a lovely welcome back to Ray Sullivan. Hello, everyone. We yeah. are back again for another season. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to it. You've already butchered the name already, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, before we get into it, Reese is um, on delay. Yes, very much so. And I'm not happy about it. I have to put up with for this podcast. Um get into arguments with Sean when he talks about Carl Flanagan, but let's see. <laughs> and speaking of that, also welcome to be back, Sean Ariordan. Sean, nice to have you back, mate. Yeah, thanks. It's always good to be back doing a doing a podcast with you guys. I always enjoy them. Exactly right. So what we're going to do is we're going to do exactly what we did last season. We're going to predict how we think every team will go, starting from 16th place at the Bulldogs from last year, going all the way up to Melbourne, who finished in first position last season. Now, for the record, uh, I won last year, so... <laughs> I need to have my small victory. And I also predicted the grand final last year. So, please, some respect on my name. So, we're going to kick it off with the Bulldogs today. They gained Matt Burden, Josh Adokar, Brent Naden, Matt Dufty, Paul Vaughan. So, there'll be some barbecue for team bonding sessions. Tavita Pangai Jr., Josh Cook, Max King, Braden Burns, Stephen Masters, Isaac Lumi Lumi, and Reese Hoffman. They have lost Nick Meany, Renoff Atoni, Will Hopawati, Chris Smith, Lachlan Lewis. Probably going to be making a fortune off eBay. Sione Katoa, Dean Britt, James Romanos, Watson Halita, Brad Dietz, Kiko Manu and Nick Kotrick. Well, I was dead wrong last year. However, their buying spree has been pretty good. But this comes with a very big but. Good players can thrive with the right coaching staff. You don't buy a comp and expect it to work immediately unless you're the Roosters. You need a world-class coach for that. The reality is for Canterbury that the spine for a second straight off-season has been retooled and it will take some time for it to work, plus numerous reshuffle on both edges of the football field. If COVID does strike, they do have two reserve-grade teams ready to go and no, that doesn't include last year's NRL squad. I have the Bulldogs finishing in 10th position. Sean, I'll go to you. To um, where have I, you got the Bulldogs, mate? I had them 11th. Um, look, I think, uh, obviously, like a lot of signings, as you said, Matt, Matt Burton, Josh Adekar, um, 
Junior. But I don't think it's a complete uh, roster yet. And I just see, based off the club management of the Bulldogs in the past years, where they've finished, you know, I, I find it hard to say they're going to be in the top eight. I know there's a lot of hype around them, um, but I think they just need a few years, probably one or two seasons under their belt to really gel as a team before I think we can say that they're going to be a definite top eight side. And obviously having a guy like Kikau coming in next year is going to help that. But um, for this year, obviously not having him, I've, I've put them... No, I've actually put them 12th. I do apologise. <laughs> actually, wait, no, I did put them 11th. I switched. 11th? Okay. 11th. Good. But I also think with Canterbury, as I think Reese will touch on in a minute, um, they don't have a dummy half again. I know Reid Marnie's coming in next season, but the spine just looks very inconsistent. We still don't know who's going to partner uh, Matt Byrne in the halves yet. There is talk that Avarillo and Flanagan will duel it out in the trials. But at the moment, there's only really three places in that spine secure. Dufty at fullback, Burden at 5'8", and Marshall King at hooker. So that's a really interesting scenario. Reese, on the 30-second delay, where do you have the Bulldogs, mate? Yeah, cheers. I'm starting talking now. So this is while you were still finishing that sentence. Delay. Um, I've got them 13. Bringing in Burton, bringing in Adekar and all those to be as good, at least better than they were. At the same time, they're anywhere near the finals yet. As you said, they don't have a dummy half. With that spine incomplete, there's no way I can see them challenging for the finals. I think probably about six teams that can challenge for a finals berth that are in that sort of mid-table range. And I just don't think the Bulldogs are one of them. So I have them at 13th and I'm not going to regret that decision. I'm sure of it. Thanks very much for that one there, Reese. Moving on now to the North Queensland Cowboys. They have brought in Chad Townsend, Peter Hickey, Jermaine Tanua-Brown, Rakaviv Rakiv, Ravik, sorry, Isufa Masiaku, Taniela Sadrugu and Brendan Elliott. They have lost Michael Morgan, Francis Molo, Corey Jensen, Justin O'Neill, Peter Holler, Jarvid Bowen and Shane Wright. The injury bug hit North Queensland last year and they looked stale. The signings they brought in may bring experience, but maybe not the best players. And they've also got some really good talent, those free GN Rugby Sevens players I mentioned in there as well. However, their 2022 will depend largely on the core of the homes, Hammer, Drinkwater and Jason Tamalolo. Todd Payton needs to show his worth with the tools he's been given. He did it with the Warriors. It'll be a big test to see if he could do it here. The Cowboys have a tough schedule and don't have the depth to compete with the best the league has to offer. While every team has at least shown some improvement, it pains me to say the Cowboys haven't. And for that sole reason, I've got the Cowboys finishing in 16th. They've got the one spoon in my view. Sean, where do you have North Queensland? Well, they say great minds think alike. Cowboys, I'm going to put them in uh, 16th. They just, I just don't know that they have any direction as a club at the moment. The only two players who excite me are Scott Drinkwater. Um, actually, he's probably the only player that excites me is Scott Drinkwater. And, um, you know, I, I just really can't see that team going anywhere in a positive direction this season and based on where they finished last season. I just think it's a no-brainer to have them as um, the 2022 wooden spooners. Fair comment, Reese. Where do you have the book, the Cowboys, mate? Well, I'm the 
don't have them get in the wooden spoon. I've been 14. You know how much I hate the Cowboys. I would love to say they're going to be the team that comes last this year, but I just can't bring myself to it. I think there are two teams worse, and we'll touch on that later. I just think when you in that team, as long as he's healthy, you win games. And I think that's where he's so positive for the Cowboys. They obviously aren't team homes. Has he was expected to. Obviously, he had the injury issues. Their halves pairing, you know, Chad Townsend, 800 by halfback, when he probably should be playing reserve grade. Um, it's not very good to be a Cowboys fan right now, but I do think they still have enough in their squad to win a few games, which will be to save them off from the wounds being now. But it's probably this season has to be now or never. They have to make it. Whether bringing youngsters and developing them or signing. If not, they're really going to be in trouble for the next few years. Have to agree there. And I think, too, what we always say with North Queensland is they always go through the periods where in the season they just get hammered by injury. And with COVID being such a potential game changer in terms of depth, the Cowboys really are in a deep hole. Moving on to the Brisbane Broncos. They've got Adam Reynolds, Kirk Capewell, Bronco Lee, Corey Jensen, Logan Bayless, Jordan Pereira, Ryan James, Billy Walters, who Reese got wrong 12 months ago, Kiko Manu, and Tamari Martin. They have lost Xavier Coates, Tavita Pangai Jr., Brody Croft, Anthony Milford, Alex Glenn, Ethan Bullimore, Isaiah Tash, Richie Kenner, Danny Levi, Carmichael Hunt, and Jesse Arthurs. That one is just for this season as he's loaned to the Warriors. The Broncos need to just simply forget about 2021. They've brought the experience and talent required to compete for a spot in the finals. The only thing that will stop them is injuries. Stags and Haas were injured for long stints last season, and the Broncos looked weak and unattractive footy team to watch. Much will depend on the young players, Kevies the Boot, such as Cobo and Piakura, to continue on the Bronco legacy. Plus the return of Patrick Carrigan after his breakout season was cut short due to a devastating ACL tear. I'm devastated that they took the captaincy off him, however, but I believe that he'll regain the captaincy when Reynolds leaves. I've got the Broncos just outside the eight in ninth spot. Sean? Um, yeah, look, I was going into this when I put, put the Broncos where I did. I was a bit worried that it was going to be a controversial call, but I have liked a lot of their um, off-season signings, and in particular Adam Reynolds. I think when you have a guy like Adam Reynolds on your team, you know, I don't think he's going to have the same impact that he had in South because he simply doesn't have the talent around him that he did back in um, in red in red in, in South Sydney. Um, I was trying to say Red Hill, <laughs> Red Cliff. Um, I've been getting on the Dolphins bandwagon a little bit. I put them in tenth. Um, yeah, so I, I really do like having the fact they've got Adam Reynolds there, and then it's you know you've got guys like. Kurt Capewell, um, Jordan Pereira, Ryan James as well. I think was a pretty good pickup for them as well. He wasn't half bad for just experience, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. A bit of it, you know. That that's what they've. I think it's been clear the Broncos have been missing that experience in the last couple of seasons, and to to get one in Adam Reynolds in a halfback, Kurt Capewell, obviously still got a lot left in him, but to be a Premiership winning player, and then adding in some other veterans like um, Ryan James, I, I think it'll be a, a a much better year um, for the Broncos this year, and I've put them in tenth. Reese, where have you got the Broncos, mate? Um, I've got them in first. No, just kidding, of course. Um, 
I have them in notes as well. Uh, um, I think they aren't exactly ready to make the finals. I think there's going to be too much pressure on that number six next to him. Um, so I just think they aren't quite there, but they will be there very shortly. It's just going to be another developmental year for them. See with Reynolds, what doesn't, and then go from there. That Akin and Walters have made this club already is very dramatic. So I'm sure give them another year of a this rebuild back to where they were in 2017, competing for second, third. Exactly right. There is a bit of an issue with Payne Haas at the moment. He's battling his manager uh, in the Supreme Court at the moment because of the deals that have been signed. So that will be an interesting development at the moment. He's taking yeah. his yeah, player management, Chris Orr, to court. From um, Yeah, from what I've heard with that, basically it revolves around that big 10-year contract that Brisbane gave, that offered him. Mm-hmm. Man was really pushing to decide if he wanted to hold off for a little while. See how Brisbane went in 2022, and that's left. It's between those. He had a play. I don't think. I don't. Wrong. I don't think he's contract, but it'll be interesting. Indeed, it will. I just want to get your thoughts on that one. Moving on to the Tigers now. They've recruited Jackson Hastings, Oliver Gildart, Tyrone Peachy, Junior Tupo, and Stafford Toa. They've lost Moses and Bai, Billy Walters, Michael Cheekamp, Russell Parker, Zach Sini, Joey Leilua, Tom Amone, and James Roberts. Well, the Tigers have brought well. The only thing that will be in their way is the competition above them. The halves situation is a little bit complex between Hastings, Brooks, and Dewey, but Jacko will get the first crack with the ladder out with an ACL injury for the first few weeks of the season. I like the Oliver Gildart signing. I just hope he doesn't turn into a Dan Sargentson or Joe Burgess. The forwards will be better for last season. Many will expect Stefano Itacomanu to make big leaps, bigger leaps forward and potentially sneak into the origin scene. However, there's just too much inconsistency in the way Madge coaches, as well as the teams above them being a class above in terms of talent. Tigers fans will finally need to see Luke Brooks deliver. And no, I do not count 2018. I've got the Tigers outside the eight, but making an improvement in 11th. Sean? Um, yeah, look, I, I had the Tigers. This is controversial. I've had the Tigers in 14. Um, oh. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It, it, it just seems like another year where they've they've added in a few other guys, a few other players, and, and they're just trying to sort of see if they can hit in their signings and just throw something together. Um you know, I just don't – and with Michael Maguire and the fact that they have had to bring Tim Sheens back in, you know, if you're a coach and they bring Tim Sheens back in because you're in question, it doesn't look good. It doesn't sit right with me. I really don't think until next year that the Tigers are going to make a leap back into potentially a fringe eight um, side because, as you know, they've got Appy Corrissau – um, and, and Isaiah Papali'i coming in. And I think that's going to be big, especially Api Corosau at number nine. And I think his impact for the 2023 season will be a bit similar to Harry Grant's impact a few years ago mm-hmm. um, because they just had that that number nine that, that knew what he was doing, was able to sort of steer the park around and, and sort of complete their spine. Um, yeah. I am really interested to see what Jackson Hast- how Jackson Hastings plays. Um, he's one of the players I'm most excited to watch, but 
for for the um for the West Tigers have had him in fourteenth. Fair enough. I uh, now hand it over to Bruce. How do you see him stacking up, mate? Um, well, I'm going to disagree with what Sean said about the recruitment strategy being sort of uh, hit hit the wall and hope something sticks. I think the Tigers' recruitment this season has been really, really good. It's been really focused on what they need to do and uh, where they need to improve. That said, I still have them in 11th place. Like you both have said, I think Michael Maguire's coaching is the one thing that holds him back. He doesn't seem to bring a set game plan to the team. He seems to just sort of leave it in the wind and hope the star players play well, which is how you win football games. I just think the spine of that team, you know, Laurie, Hastings, Brooks, and then you assume that they're going to have Little at hooker because for some reason they seem to forget they have other hookers in the team. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to be good enough to win game. When Dewey comes back as well, it's going to be even better for him wherever he fits into the side. But I just don't know if they can do to make the finals this year with Maguire holding them back. And I think, like Sean said, bringing in Tim Sheens really shows how much pressure Maguire's on to perform this season. It's definitely going to be sink or swim. I think if they push for the finals but don't make it, Maguire will be sacked. I think that's inevitable. Yeah, I agree. And I think in Tim Sheens is getting fired is inevitable. <laughs> Moving on now to the New Zealand Warriors. They brought in Aaron Penne, Sean Johnson, Jesse Arthurs and Ash Taylor. But however... They've lost some big names. Two of Shek, Townsend, Kane Evans, David Fusatua, Sean O'Sullivan, Paul Turner, Peter Hiku, Jermaine Tanua-Brown. Well, the Warriors return to Australia for the third season running. However, with a change of location at Redcliffe to start the season. Hopefully, COVID pending, we get back to New Zealand. But we did say that last year, and look what happened. However, SJ is back, and with Reese Walsh being amongst Origin Camp, he'll be looking to impress again. Aaron Penne is a good addition to an impressive forward pack, which was decimated by injury last season. They've lost some flair in the backs with RTS and Pusatua gone, so it'll be up to local talent to fill the void. I just question the creativity and spark in the backs outside of SJ when fit and Reese Walsh. The Warriors are hard to predict, as so, as so much depends on their return to New Zealand to deliver a much-needed morale boost. And because of that, I've gone harsh on the Warriors. I've got them in 15th. Yeah, and, and I've, I've gone harsh on them as well. And for me personally, what separated me putting them above the three teams that I had below them was their forward pack. They do have, a, a, a I think, a quite impressive forward pack. It's not near the talent level of your teams like the Panthers or the Eels um, or even the Storm, but it's definitely a decent uh, you know set of forwards there. And I really liked your your point that you made there, AJ, on the fact that outside Sean Johnson, they have a lot lacking there in their in their backs. And, and Walsh, yeah, and and Walsh, apart from Reese Walsh and Sean Johnson, there's not a lot of a sparking attack in that um, attacking spark. Sorry, in that in that side. So I think it's going to be quite quite difficult for them to put points on the board. Um, and and just obviously again, it's similar to the Tigers. It's they've. The teams above them are in a class of their own. So um, I've put them in 13th. Reese, where do you have the Warriors, mate? I have the Warriors in 15th. I've known them too well 
to put them last. The Warriors never get the wooden spoon. Um, losing Tuvasashek is too much. And I know that they just straight up replace him with Walsh at fullback. That's obviously, you know, a, it's not an upgrade, but it's not that much of a downgrade either. The problem is it's his leadership. He was such an inspirational captain for them. And, you know... Have they named a captain yet, or is that still up in the air? I'm pretty sure that is still up in the air. Let me have a look now. You just continue your assessment. Yeah, yeah whoever the next captain is going to be isn't going to be able to provide that spark that Roger was able to, and that's going to hurt. Oh, Torhu. Uh, Torhu? Torhu Harris, yeah. Oh, Torhu Harris. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. But, look, I think either way, it's going to be a tricky situation for the Warriors. Um, I think... 15th is a good spot for them. I think that way they can improve while also not being too bad. But, yeah, it's going to be tough for them. And, obviously, you're also going to have the rumours about Reese Walsh potentially wanting back to go to Brisbane. So, That's the we'll thing, see. isn't it? We'll see. Okay, so the Dragons now. They've recruited in Jaden Sewer, Francis Molo, George Burgess, Moses Suley, Moses Mbai, Aaron Woods, Jack Georgievsky, and Tao Tao Moga. They, however, have lost Cameron McInnes, Matt Dufty, Jordan Pereira, Adam Clune, Paul Vaughan, Cade Ellis, Braden Williami, Corey Norman, Jared Beal, Billy Britton, and Hayden Lomax. So some big ins, some big outs for St. George there. Now, my assessment, well, the, the Saints may have proved people wrong last year by not finishing last, but the barbecue from hell really screwed the Saints season. They've let most of the culprits go, which is good, but they still employ Jack DeBellin, so the culture is still pretty damn shit. <laughs> they have recruited some good forwards, but have huge question marks over their spine with several key pieces departing in the offseason that held the spine together. Ben Hunt showed signs of promise, particularly when he played Origin, but there's still some lack of cohesion about where his best position is. At club footy, he's a top five halfback, in my opinion. At rep footy, he's one of the most explosive dummy halves. But they'll need a consistent showing at Clubland with him and Andrew McCulloch. I like the young Talatau Amone. He's got a lot of potential, as well as both the Guy brothers. So it'll be interesting to see how the spine goes. Terrell Sloan scored a good try last night as well and looked very dangerous carrying the football. But the Dragons, for me, they're in 13th. Sean? Um, I had them just one above you and I put them in 12th. Um, and I, I disagree with pretty much most of what you said there. But what, what I will say for their off-season signings is I really like what they've done to their forward pack. Francis Molo, George Burgess, Jaden Sewer. Um, I think adding a guy like Moses Mbai wasn't a bad signing as well. Um, but the fact that they lost McKinnis, Dufty and Norman, I just really find that it's going to be detrimental to their attacking. But as you said, they do have the Fimei brothers and Tyrone... Um, oh, Terrell Sloan. Terrell Sloan. Um, and that's going to be exciting, I think, for the, for the future of that Dragons club. And if they can come out and have a good season, then I, I would put them you know, as a fringe aid team. Um, that's assuming that, you know, nothing goes wrong in off-field incidents, no more barbecues. Um, and <laughs> as I said, most of the culprits are gone. Yeah. I, I, I doubt that that's going to happen again. If it does, there's a serious problem going on at the Dragons. But 
In terms of my assessment, I just I think it's going to be a bit difficult without Dufty and Corey Norman and McInnes um, in that side. And I've, I've, for that reason, I've had them um, in 12th position. Yeah, I just think too, we've got, I just massively disagree with the reason to keep to keep Jack DeBellin at the club. I'm just, it just bemuses me. Mm. I get you want to keep him to back him. But he comes with a lot of excess baggage. A lot. Especially yeah. with his past. It's just, it, it, just, um, it just bemuses me. And it, I, to me, I wouldn't look at it as... Well, obviously, you have to look at it as the off-field stuff. But at the same time, it, is he going to be a starting you know, 13 player? No. Is he going to be coming off the bench? Maybe, but probably not. So, you know, I don't see why there's any point in keeping him. Exactly right. I think Reese is still with us. Where have you got the war- the dragons, mate? He had to duck out for a second. I'm not too sure if he came back or not. <laughs> All right. Um, well, so we'll, we'll we just move on and we'll get what Reese has to say when he comes back. So we'll move on to Canberra. So, Sean, you can have your extended essay here. Oh. <laughs> so the Raiders oh. have recruited Jamal Fogarty, Peter Holler, Adam Elliott, Nick Kotrick, and Brock Gardner. They've lost Ryan James, Celia Havili, Bailey Simonson, Caleb Aikens, and Dinamis Louie. After a season of turmoil, which saw two marquee players given the flick, Canberra will be hoping for a much-improved 2022. I just fail to see how Canberra have improved their roster, as opposed to other teams both inside and outside the eight from last season. Much will depend on the core of Wyden, Papali, and Nicole Clockstar. If any of them miss significant game time like last season... You can put a red line through them. They also must improve on their late-game collapses. Happened way too often last season as they need to improve their in-game resilience. The Kotrick signing at least stops the repeat of Semi Valame's round 25 performance last season. I've got them in 12th, and I think Sticky's getting sacked. Well, I'll agree with you, Sticky's on the hot seat this season. I think this is if they don't make the A... I, will, I would obviously be sad that Ricky Stewart's going, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does get the flick if they don't make the A. But I'm an optimistic, um, and I am biased because I'm a Raiders fan. <laughs> I, had, I had them in eighth. Now, the the fact that I had them in eighth Ooh. is very clear. Do I see the Raiders falling down to potentially where AJ had them? Yes, I do, for pretty much every reason AJ said. And I think injuries is a big thing. Look at a guy like Jared Croker. We didn't have our, our goal kicker last season, which I think really hurt us in terms of making comebacks um, and also icing games off. And it really pained me to see, um, you know, maybe a potential injury um, retirement, you know, and I just don't want that to happen for Jared Croker. Um, but the fact that we didn't sign a lot of big names in this offseason doesn't worry me. But we, we obviously, I think Jamal Fogarty is has to be our saviour this season, in my opinion. Um, and our, the other thing I think is Jack White needs to be running the ball 24-7 to make this Raiders team, I think, dangerous in attack. And, yeah, I, it doesn't worry me too much. We didn't sign a lot of people. I was – there were question marks for me on the fact that we let Donatus Louis go. Um, so, look, I, I, I think it's – Really going to be dependent on injuries and just overall um, how our halves play this season. I think our forward pack will, will still be pretty good this year. Um, you know, and yeah, I've put them in eighth, but I definitely 
definitely can see them slipping down. But I do think on paper they're they're a top eight side. It just depends largely on what you said before. You know, we've got there's just so many differing factors with Canberra that many other teams don't have. What if Croker goes down again? Does that inflict a medical retirement? What if Whiting goes down? What happens to the Hearts? What if Nickel Clockstar goes down? Do you really want Jordan Rappiner at fullback again? Well, I think if I think if Nickel Clockstar went down, we would tuck. Chuck Xavier Savage in there, and there are already rumours that Cook's dad goes to centre, which I don't agree with. I think we need him at fullback. But what I will say um, for the Raiders is Josh Hodgson's. I cannot wait until he leaves the club. And like, <laughs> that's harsh. I have, I have never like wanted a player to leave this club so much. I don't know why we didn't let him go. I strongly believe Tom Starling is a very talented young number nine, and I think. We are more dangerous in attack when he has the ball. I think defensively, I think that's probably what's holding Tom Starling back. But, yeah, there's a lot of factors for this Raiders team. Well, Tom Starling just needs to stay out of police cell. Yeah, and that's enough. And he'll be, he'll be fine. But at the moment, I think Canberra is the most criminally employed club. Somehow you kept Curtis Scott employed for a and while. We, and then we added Adam Elliott. Which... And then you brought in Adam Elliott, who... Was Mad Monday a few years ago with um, Canterbury? Yeah, and then obviously the recent, the recent stuff. stuff. I was quite surprised by, but if he can just keep his bloody head clean off, off field and, and play some good footy, like look at look at Corey Harrow and I. How good was Corey Harrow and I for us last season? Until he took Jerome Hughes's head off. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> but for me, I think it's just going to largely depend on a lot of factors for Canberra this season. Moving on now to Cronulla. Of course, we'll get Reese's predictions when he comes back in for the teams that we've soldiered on without him. So we've got Karen McInnes, Nico Hines, Dal Fanuka, Matty Cavalu, Lockie Miller, and Jaden Beryl. They've lost Chad Townsend, Sean Johnson, Aaron Woods, Josh Dugan, Billy Magulius, Will Chambers, and Nene McDonald. So they've actually got rid of a lot of the, the dead weight. Overall, the best targeted recruitment bar none. They got most of the big names on the transfer market in key positional needs. Most concerns were raised about the spine. The ultimate question was who was partnering Nico Hines in the halves? Yes, I wrote that script before last night's All-Stars game. And I had personally, I'd play Braden Trindle as he's an out-and-out seven, but I'm not the coach. Last night watching that All-Stars game, they just seemed to click a little bit more, Nico and Trindle. And Nico Hines has a really good both long and short kicking game, which I hope that Fitzy continues to exploit. However, I have utmost faith in what Fitzy can do, and the Sharks could ultimately become a top four smoky if the team if the pieces come together for the black, white, and blue. They're back at Shark Park this season and are eager to give their long-suffering fans another reason to cheer. I've got a bit of a hot take for the Sharks. I've got them in fifth. Ooh. I think they can challenge top four, dude. I, I, really I see do. it as well. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't have the Sharks in, um, in, in fifth. I had them just a couple down in seventh. And that's because okay. the battle, I think, for, for between seventh and sixth is really just going to be played out between South Sydney and, and Cronulla. And I think Cronulla, if in good form, could easily get that. Um, you know, and then obviously, as you know, the, the top four in, in, in that fifth position, they change. It, it constantly changes. There's a pool of teams in there that can 
that you know can be in there. And, and realistically, Cronulla, I think, could be a top-four team. But just when looking at a team like the Panthers, the Roosters, the Storm, um, Parramatta, you know, and, and, and even Manly, it's it's hard to, to put them up, but I can definitely see it happening. Um, I really do like the signing of Nico Hines. Um, and I also really liked, you know, that Dale Finucane was another big one for me. Matt, oh, 100%. Barfi. Massive signing. Exactly. And they've just, they hit the head. Cameron McInnes is a pretty good one. And as you said, I really think the fact that they were able to get rid of a lot of that dead weight, Chad Townsend, Sean, well, I wouldn't say Sean Johnson's dead weight, but guys like Aaron Woods, Josh Dugan, Will Chambers. I just realized he's went to USA Rugby, which I find hilarious. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Bill Magulius was actually a little bit um, sad to see go. He was, a, I think, a, a long-time sort of Sharks junior, I think, at that club there. Um, but, yeah, and then they get, like, it's it's going to be very Oregon Kafusi coming in um, next season. Next season, then they only lose Luke Metcalf, but obviously that 2023 losses will grow, and so will the gains um, as you come to the off season. But yeah, really exciting um, team, and they've I think you know I'm, I'm excited to see what, how Will Kennedy and, and Nico Hines are. I know they're in obviously different positions, but they're going to be I think the two main attacking pieces for that for that shark side. Hundred percent. So I think Reese is back with us. So. I'll get you to go through St. George, Canberra, and Cronulla for me, mate. Okay, very easy. Um, St. George, I have in last. I think... Second year running. Yes, yeah, second year running. I know I had them there last year, and they won a couple more games than I was expecting, but this year I'm more and more confident. Um, I just think they haven't improved enough from what they were last season to this season. They're still relying on the youngsters to win them games. And when you do that, it's not going to do well. I think they will be lost, but they'll put up a bit of a fight, obviously with the Warriors, the Cowboys, and even the Bulldogs down there. I think it will be a fight for the last, but I'd have the Dragons narrowly losing that battle. Mm-hmm. Canberra? The Raiders I have in... Wait, what's that? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's ninth. Okay. Like, they have the Bulldogs in 10th. I have the Raiders in ninth. Um... <laughs> I just meant what I said previously. I'm um, Raiders and Knights. I think they're still a very good team. Don't get that mixed up. The Raiders are still a very good team. Bringing in Nick Kotrick is big again. Um, I just don't think they have the consistency to get to the finals. And it hurts. I really do want to see the Raiders succeed. I want to see Jared Croker especially win a premiership before he retires especially since this might be his last season if you read into the reports. Um, but I just don't think they're there. I think Ricky Stewart, very good chance he loses his job this year. Um, yeah, that's really all i got to say about the Raiders. All right, Sharkies was your last one. Sharkies I have just above the Raiders in eighth place. I think they're in a very similar position to what the Titans were last season in that they're a very talented team but they also have a lot of moving parts. I think they'll make the finals. They'll probably have a really nice late season run, like the Titans did last season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be about developing those partnerships and then pushing through in 2023 to try and become that premiership contender. All right. So that's the first half done. We're into the back end now, starting with the teams that made the finals last year. The Gold Coast Titans, they gained Isaac Liu, Paul Turner, Aaron Booth and Will Smith. They've lost Jai Whitbread, Sam Stone, Tyrone Peachy, Jamal Fogarty, Ash Taylor, Mitch Rain, Jonas Pearson, 
and the Don is good. Last year was one of great expectation. And while for the most part they delivered, the same question lingers around the halves. It'll be an incredibly young and inexperienced sign, spine sorry, led by AJ Brimson at the unaccustomed position of 5'8", with rookies Jaden Campbell and Toby Sexton filling the full back and five halfback spots respectively. Aaron Clark will have a vice-like grip on the nine jumper with the other candidates jumping ship. I like the Liu signing as they bring back much-needed experience. Their backs are exciting speed machines raring to go again. To improve along last year, David Fafita needs to possess the football more and not perform magic while disappearing on the field. He was used in the Justin Holbrook under-six offense as a big kid on a junior football team. That is no way to run an NRL side. He, I don't get it. Like, if you're being paid like three to 400k, then I get it. But he's on 1.2 million a season. And he doesn't take the hard carries. He only gets the football 15, 20 metres out from the try line. At least those upper players like your key cows and whatnot take those hard hit-ups. Fafita just does magic and disappears. Okay, rant over. Expect a big year from Bo Firma, who, in my opinion, should be on the other edge and have Kevin Proctor coming off the bench like he was last night. I've got the Titans inside the eight in seventh. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I had them outside the, the top eight and ninth. It doesn't mean so it doesn't mean I don't think they're going to make the eight. I definitely can see them beating a team like the Raiders and, and then taking that eight spot out and maybe even potentially snapping up, you know, a, a seventh or sixth spot. I don't see them going any higher than six. I really did like Jaden Campbell last season. I agree on Reese, um, not Reese's point, sorry, AJ's point on. Uh, David Fafita, and I liken it to Jack White and being paid so much money, yet he doesn't get the ball that much. Um, look, you know, I just think there's a lot of moving parts in that team, and I think, look, it comes down to the coaching and the fact that they have a, a marquee player in David Fafita who is playing in a very questionable way and not getting much of the ball. And I don't think it's him. I think it's the way that he's being made to play. Um and, like, yeah, I, I just see the Titans being maybe another year off being a definite top eight team. If they had another good season where they make the top eight, then I'm without a doubt saying they're a fringe top four team. 100%. Reese, where do you have the Titans, my friend? Well, um, I have them in fifth. So, Ooh. again, Ooh. again, again, I hate the Titans almost as much as I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> But as much as I want to say the Titans are going to fall flat on their face this year, just like they did last year, I can't bring myself to do it. I think, like I said with the Broncos, last year was just the Titans trying to work around David Feeder, working around Toby Sexton, working around Jaden Campbell, just to sort of see what fits. And I think this year is the year where they put it all together and they make a big leap. I don't think they're a premiership contender just yet. I still think they have a couple more holes they have to fill. Yep. But it's looking real good for them. I think they'll be a threat to make the preliminary final this season. Ooh. I like people that go bold on this program. <laughs> That's a bold. That's, I didn't even see anyone having the Titans fit. Okay. On to Newcastle now. They've gained Dane Gagline, Adam Clune. They've lost Mitchell Pierce, Connor Watson, Josh King, Gemma Shibasaki, Blake Green and Stafford Toa. Welcome back to Newcastle, where you've seen two straight immediate ejections from the finals in as many seasons. Adam O'Brien is firmly on the hot season, hot seat this season and hasn't been aided by 
the loss of his Mr. Fixer, Connor Watson. They've also lost the RSPCA dog ambassador, but look at what it did for the Roosters. They won back-to-back comps. But unfortunately, the quality of signings that have arrived, nowhere near the calibre of what the Roosters had. The Knights will, at best, sneak into Abe's spot with a flu run during the year. But if the pieces don't align, it will be a bleak year. Now that Jaden Braley's gone for the best part of the opening 12 rounds of the season, the Knights are in turmoil even more. Chris Randall is a stopgap measure at best, and now losing Connor Watson is going to sting even more. The Knights are my big drop. They're going down the 14th. Sean? Yep, sorry, guys. Um, look, <laughs> I, I have the Newcastle Knights in 15th, and I I really feel bad for Newcastle. Um, I really do. Obviously, Jaden Braley going down with an injury is terrible, not having Connor Watson. And I also think without Mitchell Pearce, you just can't put this team in the top eight. Even when they didn't have Mitchell Pearce, I went, they're not a top eight team. I said they're a fringe eight team, but they most likely won't. And that was before they were... That was when Jaden Braley was healthy and everything. So mm-hmm. I just I just can't put my finger on saying that they're going to be a team that is going to be anywhere near the top eight this season. And I, That's fair to say. I, I don't think they have a lot of depth in their backs, um, but that's excluding Callum Ponga. I just can't see Callum Ponga being a guy to be able to carry his team to the finals. If he does, give him the Dalian medalist. <laughs> Honestly, if he can get that team to the like eighth, I will give him a medal for it. <laughs> I don't think the NRL is in the process of giving out uh, participation medals, Sean. <laughs> Peter Valenti is just trying to save money, not spend it unnecessarily. Um, Reese, where do you have the Knights, mate? I think you guys are absolutely insane. I think the Knights will get worse, but I don't think they'll get anywhere near as bad as you guys are saying. I have them in 11th. I think losing Pierce and Watson is definitely not a good look for the team that's trying to contend for the finals. It sort of points out the flaws in that team, in that culture, which got those two to leave. However, Kalen Bonga. With those two out of the question, he's going to be getting the ball a lot more, all right, which is exactly what I've been screaming for the Knights to give him for the last three years. Why wouldn't you play him back at six then? If you want his hands on the footy more. That's what they should do, especially when you have Tex Hoy who can play fullback. That was going to be my point. Do you move, do you shift Ponga to six and play him in the halves with Clifford and then have Hoy as that fullback, Kurt Manning at centre? I think that's what they have to do. But, you know, this is Newcastle. This is Adam O'Brien. He's not the greatest thinker in the world. Um, <laughs> and just, ask anyone, just ask anyone who sits next to him at the horse races. Um, but that being said, I think Honga will keep the Knights in the finals hunt for a majority of the season, but I just don't think they have the talent to get there. I don't think that any team that's starting Jay Clifford at halfback will ever be able to make the finals. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see. Not a good time to be a Newcastle fan. All this potential is getting wasted. And if they end up driving Kalen Ponga to sign with um, a rugby union team, I'll probably drive my hand through some of their faces. <laughs> I will say to Reese's point about them not dropping dramatically from where they dropped last season. I think it, aside, them, one of my riskiest predictions is one of my boldest predictions i think i would love to see them as i repeatedly say and 
One thing I will say about Callum Ponga switching to six is it took Darren Lockyer a bit of a bit of time to switch to six and actually become, you know, such a great player. Hopefully, though, he can have the impact that sort of Jack White had. I'm not saying Jack White is better than Darren Lockyer, no way. But what I am saying is when Whiten went from first to six, he had a breakout season. He was Dalian medalist. Yeah, you make a fair that, point. Yeah, I, I, am I saying Callum Pong is going to win the Dalian? Maybe, maybe, question mark. But, <laughs> like, like, I don't see it happening. It could happen. But, you know, I think switching to six is is a risk. But take the risk. Like, what have you got to lose? Well, actually, they if they, they've got a lot to lose him, pretty much, going, <laughs> going to the Dolphins. Sean, he went. I guarantee you, you went into that sentence so confident, and then as you're saying it, just the doubt starts to increase <laughs> what you're saying. Now, pretty much, I think that's how the Titans fans will sort of start off every single week with the tipping. Yeah, we're going to win. Uh, okay. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, Parramatta time now. Um, they've gained Bailey Simonson and Mitch Rain. They've lost Joey Lustig. Blake Ferguson's going to be playing out for the Long Bay 13. Michael Oldfield, Will Smith, and Keegan Hipgrave. I've titled this The Last Dance, Parramatta Edition. This is the last chance on a premiership window that has closed rapidly. But a team that has a good season as often as Hayley Comet, it will be an almighty struggle for the forgotten Lolcow. They've recruited some good depth pieces, especially in the back, and they've got good young forwards coming through the ranks. It's an important year for the Eels in development because on the field as well, with the last year of their super team, with key pieces departing next season in Reid Marnie and Isaiah Papali'i. It really is the case of going all in with the big consequences next season. And because of that, they're going to limp into the top eight in eighth position. Sean, where do you have Parramatta? Oh, wow. That was a big... Okay, I had him... I still back Parramatta. I still rate Parramatta as a very good side. They were literally one game off being in the preliminary final last year. They were one trainer. <laughs> they were one trainer off being the plural final. I put them in fourth. I Ooh. see. I really see that this is the year for this is the last dance, as you put it, for the Parramatta Eels. Now, I, I just, I think it's a no-brainer to have him in the top four. When you look at that side, the spine's still there. That that had Reed Marnie. He's he's back. He's healthy. And you know, I listened to a podcast with him, and he he really sounds like he's ready and ready to go, and he wants to have his last season at Parramatta as a good one. I will have I have one question though. If you're going to call this the last dance, who's Phil jo- is who's Michael Jordan in that team? That's the real big question. I'd have to say I'll, I'll let Reese answer that. <laughs> All right. Well, the uh, Michael Jordan in that team is probably Brad Arthur because after this season, I think he's done as the head coach. But oh, they mean yeah. Phil Jackson. That said, triangle offense. That said, you're going to be surprised at where I put them, AJ. I have them in fourth as well. Yeah, <laughs> me. me and Reese, let's go. I think this team is just too talented to fail. I think, you know, with how balanced their spine is, with how good their forward pack is, you know, this team just has too many pieces to not win games. Um, do they? Do I think they win the Premiership? Hell no. I don't think they're anywhere near the top three, and I think it's obvious wh- who those three are. But um, I think they'll be okay this season. Next season will be a very different story, and I can definitely see Arthur if they don't do well this season, either jumping ship or getting pushed. 100%. I will. I will say one thing um, with the Eels. 
Why, why have I just forgotten completely what I was going to say? Gee, thanks, Lorne. Your input is very <laughs> needed. Move on. Just move on. Okay, moving on to my favourite time now. We are off to the land of freedom. Away from injuries, it is the Sydney Roosters. Dave Dane, Connor Watson, Renoff Tony, Paul Morowski, and Vawate Karawavalu, who is a brilliant young Fijian talent. The losses, Isaac Liu, Josh and Brett Morris, Jake Friend, Boyd Cordner, Dale Copley, and Matt Ikevalu. 2021 just simply doesn't exist for Roosters fans. They were starved of a full-strength footy team for much of the season, and it's safe to say they're desperate for revenge. They've recruited well with the core theme of depth and reunions. Much will centre around Luke Keary and the development of Sam Walker. The future is very positive for the red, white and blue, with the impending possibility of COVID wreaking havoc Last year's injury crisis saw many rookies develop and will be ready-made replacements should Corona Chan cause a major issue. The only major question mark I have is who the leaders are going to be now that the core of Friend, Corden and Liu have departed. I believe Teddy, Kiri and Lindsay Collins will fulfil these responsibilities well. And yes, this may be biased, but I've got the Roosters finishing in first position in 2022. Well, me and AJ... Again, great minds. Hey! I have them in number one. <laughs> I, I see them as being a team that can definitely take that number one spot. But I think it all depends on the halves combination. And that's really, to me, the only sort of question mark. Um, How Kiri fits back in? Yeah, yeah. And look, I just I, I, when you look at them on paper, like they're, they're a side, I think, similar to Parramatta, where you go, this is a top eight team. What they have over Parramatta is, I think, more star players, but also they don't have a coach that's on the hot seat. They've got a coach that is one of the most well-respected coaches in the game at the moment, in the history of the game. And I've, as much as it pains me to say it, because I'm, I just still have so much post-traumatic stress from 2019. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna put him in. I'm gonna put him in first. I never thought those words would come out of my mouth. Would say the tricolors are going in first, but they are. Thank you. <laughs> but I do see obviously teams like the Panthers, and it pains me to say Storm maybe will be there. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Reese, are you going to spoil my thunder? Well, last year, Sean and I picked the same team first, and you had to come in and ruin it. No, it was 2020. Oh, 2020, sorry. <laughs> uh, but this year, I'm not spoiling the party. I have the Roosters in first <laughs> as well. <laughs> hey. I think- I'm going to put an asterisk there, barring injuries, okay? Because we saw how much injuries decimated the team last season. As long as they can stay healthy, they easily, and I mean easily, have the best team in the National Rugby League. There's going to be a couple question marks as to how Kiri and Walker gel, given they haven't played a single minute of footy next to each other. But I think they should be okay no matter what. When you have James Tedesco... When you have that forward pack, you know, Sammy Verrills throwing those dummy half passes. I think this is team... a rare change for Roosters fans this year because we're not going to have Jake Friend throw a single forward pass. <laughs> I think, I think the Roosters are going to be well okay no matter how their halves combination goes. But that halves combination will depend on what will be the difference as to whether they win a premiership or whether the might or whether they just win the minor premiership. So, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, one player I'm very excited about is coming back in because I think Lindsay Collins is practically a new signing for this Roosters side because he did, he only played, what was it, six games last year? And in those six games, he was pushing a state of origin spot easily. 
Well, so is Luke Keary. He got into and the Keary as well. No, Keary was in round three. Lindsay was in round eight with uh, BMOS. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. But I think that they're, they're both going to be like brand new signings. Moving on to Manly. They've gained Ethan Bullimore. That's it. <laughs> They've lost Curtis Hearn and Moses Sully to Vita Fern, who's actually in rugby now, believe it or not. Jack Georgievsky, Zach Sadler and Cade Cast. Manly fans are probably wondering what would have happened if Turbo decided not to race Harry at the Corso. But Manly fans had to experience it. They've lost some experience, but the same core remains from last season. If the backs like Saab, Harper and Garrett can continue their development this season, then Manly are a team to watch. I do love the Bullimore signing. Their only major question mark is hanging over Manly is their ability to beat the top sides. It was the one thing that haunted them last season and no beating an injury hit Rooster side in week two of the finals doesn't count. Their record against top four teams last season was 0-7. That simply isn't good enough for a team that has had premiership and has good set last year with flat track boys. I've got Manly in, however, saying that, I've got Manly in third. Well, I'm a little sceptical on Manly. Because the fact we've been this way before, (laughs) not to say that I don't think they're gonna make the top four, it's just that there's the Roosters, the Panthers, the Storm, and Parrot. They're, in my opinion, much better teams in front, not much, but I shouldn't say much better. They are the a little bit better, though. Do I see Manly being a top four team? A hundred percent. I do like the point though that they. They struggled to beat the top four teams last year, and the fact that those top four teams have just got better, arguably the Storm have got a little worse, but that's a debate for another day. Um, I just don't. I just, yeah, I, I've got to put them fifth. It was basically just based off rosters, and, and yeah, no knock to Manly. They're still a very talented side, and um, yeah, I still think there's big things to come for them in 2022. 100. Uh, Reese, where do you have Manly, mate? I have them in fifth. Um, you got the Titans in fifth. Okay, yeah, sorry. I have them in sixth. Um, yeah, I can't guess. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I think, you know, for a team that looked like they could genuinely win a premiership last season, excluding that top four record, of course, because that's absolutely atrocious, um, you know, they haven't improved. You know, Bullimore is a good fix, but he doesn't make the team any better. Mm-hmm. So, I think they're in for a bit of a rough season compared to what they're probably expected to do. Yep. You know, ultimately, Manly fans might crucify me, but I think Turbo won't have the same year he did. Um, so, it's going to be interesting to see how they go. It will be very interesting. Okay, moving on to the least favorite, my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to talk about South Sydney. They've gained Isaiah Tass, Michael Sheekham, Silva Havili, Richie Kenner, and Shaq Mitchell. They've lost Adam Reynolds, Braden Burns, Jaden Sewer, Benji Marshall, Dan Gagai, Pat Mago, Josh Cook, Brock Gardner, Troy Dargan, Stephen Masters, and Tao Tao Moga. <clears throat> Let's get one thing very, very clear. If Latrell isn't a fucking idiot, then this season might be totally different. Yes, you've lost your super coach and local hero by management choice, not his. There's going to be significant reg- uh, regression at Redfern this season for a number of reasons. 
There is a bit of uncertainty about the spine. Just so many answered, uh, unanswered questions, particularly around Latrell Mitchell and Blake Taff. I'd personally have Taff at fullback with Latrell as that strike center, with Walker dominating the attack and young Lachlan Ilias at halfback ready to follow the lead of his leaders in Walker and Damian Cook. Cam Murray is the perfect choice of captain when, when Teddy retires, will captain his state and country. It'll be interesting to see how Dimitriou coaches this side in comparison to Bennett, and I have South Sydney in sixth spot. Again, me and AJ, um, you know. Did you look at my ladder before we started? No, I did not. I <laughs> definitely didn't. Um, but <laughs> I've got them in. I've got them in, in six, and main the main reason I've got them in in six is the halves combination. Obviously, when you lose someone like Adam Reynolds from your club who was the number seven for the past decade. Obviously, there are going to be question marks coming to that. Um, I do, though, how see, however, see that team being, you know, a, a definite top eight team. If they were to slip outside the top eight, that would be the biggest surprise of the season. Um, and to your point about Latrell Mitchell, I, I, I really feel for Latrell. I mean, I, obviously, what he did was terrible, and, and you shouldn't have done that, and he deserved to be suspended. But I think a lot of what transpired off, off, um, off field there in terms of, you know, the racial comments that he that people made towards him, I think it's terrible. And I really do hope for his benefit that he that he doesn't have any suspensions. He has just no off season dramas, and he just gets a chance to really play footy. I think for the first time in his career, the carryover points though are a massive concern. Yeah, like, that's the he's thing. got what was it a six game suspension last season for that final incident with Manu. He had a four-game suspension earlier. So if he gets one incident this season, the carryover points are going to be insane for Latrell this season. So it's going to go from a potential fine to a two- to three-week suspension. Yeah, and and that's the thing. He's got no one to blame for him but himself, but. Yeah, look, I I really do feel for Latrell when it comes to the, the, the whole people being very, very racist towards him. And I think that's terrible. No one should go through that. But at the end of the day, you can't be hitting. And this is no excuse, obviously. No matter what, if you're someone who's giving him crap online and being racist, you're a very terrible person. You shouldn't be doing it. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I agree. Yeah, look. I just get, like, social media, and this is the problem in our game now, like, it is easier than ever before to go after someone. Yeah. And, it, and, the, and the, the anonymity of that whole thing. It, it just sickens me. Mm. Reese, where have you got the Rabbitohs, mate? All right, well, I'm going to be finishing up after this. I'm going to fly through the last three teams in this one. So please do not try to stop me as I go through each team. Rabbitohs, I have seventh. I think they just lose way too much with Reynolds leaving. Obviously, Latrell being suspended for the opening few weeks of this season hurts as well. Mm-hmm. Um. I think they'll be okay, but I don't think they'll be in that position where they were last season where they can compete for a premiership. Storm, I have in third. They have gotten slightly worse, but they are still the Melbourne Storm. They are going to be okay no matter what happens. Penrith Panthers, I have in second. Again, same thing. They are still... I'm finishing. I'm finishing. Panthers, I still have in second. They're a very good team. They... Uh, obviously, reigning premiers, very talented. They have lost some pieces, especially Matty Burden, but they will be okay. 
I can see them winning the Premiership again this season, but it's very hard to go back-to-back in the NRL, so we will have to win and see. Thanks very much, Reese, for coming on the program. It is a pleasure, as always. No worries. I'll catch up with you guys later. I appreciate it. So there goes Reese, and we're left to do the final two teams, the Panthers and the Storm, plus our little predictions as well. So we're going to go to Penrith now. Dave Gang, Sean O'Sullivan, Chris Smith, Christian Crichton. They've lost Birdo, Naden, Capewell, Pangai Jr., Momorowski, and May. This is going to be very sarcastic, the way that this next bit comes across. So <laughs> brace yourself. <clears throat> Do you smell the amount of shit Penrith fans are talking after finally winning a premiership? Shame it took 18 years for you to become relevant again, but here we are. Well, the defending premiers have lost considerable depth and replaced them with literally no one. Their outside back depth is a concern, especially if COVID and injuries strike. Couple this with the impending losses of Kikau and Appy, it could be a red flag and hinder their chance at a dynasty. However, saying that, their roster is definite, can definitely make a push to go back-to-back. The big test, again, will be origin period and how Penrith come through it. But I expect zero whinging, especially after last year. That was pathetic, Penrith fans. They're, they're the hunted this season, so it'll be interesting to see if there's any post-premiership hangover. I've got them in second spot. I've got them in second as well. Um, hey, we all three. Our top three is nearly identical. <laughs> I know. It's, it's you know, it's a great mind thing to like. Um, well, I've got to say the Panthers, again, it basically just came, came down for me and looking at that roster and going, okay, Roosters, Panthers, Roosters look better. Um, and I think they have a little more upside than the Panthers at the moment. But you, when you have that halves combination, which I think is the best halves combination in the game, mm-hmm. you know, there's you cannot, without a doubt, put that team in the top four, not put them in the top four. So losing Matt Burton, I think, is really going to be big. I think at times when maybe Nathan Cleary and, and Jerome Lula weren't having their best day, they just sort of gave the ball, not gave the ball, but they were able to look to... Matt Burton to give that team some attacking spark. Um, so, yeah, I, I've put them in second for that reason. And I don't, I don't really think the fact that they lost Kikau and um, Appy next season is going to be really much of a worry. I do because they're, they're still there and I think they're still obviously going to yeah. They're going out in good terms, even with the whole, you know, leaking of the photo debacle um, with Kikau. So, yeah, I've got them in second and I could definitely see them, you know, pushing up into that first spot. Okay, finally, moving on to the Storm before we move into something else. We've got Nick Meany, Xavier coach Josh King, William Warbrick, a New Zealand rugby sevens talent, as well as Jaden Nikarima arriving. They've lost Nico Hines, Dale Finucane, Aaron Booth, Max King, Josh Adokar, Brenko Lee, Aaron Penne, Riley Jackson, Tyson's movie. We've seen this movie before, haven't we? Melbourne lose a chunk of talented players and we're all left thinking, thinking finally they're gone. But somehow, somewhere, Craig Bellamy always has a solution. But this year he's lost so much elite talent such as Hines, Adokar and Finucane and this is the first time I've got Melbourne out of the top three in a long time. The other teams inside the top four have all improved and got the skills and players. Melbourne just seemed to be lacking that edge. 2022 will define Craig Bellamy as an NRL coach. With the plethora of talent set to leave additionally next year, such as the Bromwich brothers and Brandon Smith, Bellamy must develop a line of rookies that will be ready to hit their mark. And I've got Melbourne sneaking inside the top four in fourth spot. Um, 
I had them one above you in third because just because it's the Melbourne Storm. But I think the big, big question mark for them is the amount of people they've lost. It's just the way they've lost them. It's like, obviously, it's who they've lost, but it's just the way they've lost it. I don't think Melbourne have lost these. They've lost a number of players, key players like this. Before. Obviously, they have lost. Let me, let me rephrase it. They have yeah, lost. Just, just, just restart. <laughs> they've lost a number of key players in the past like this, but never in the way that they've lost this, lost them this time. And just like, the successive example, of hits, isn't it? So you had, I think, Hines go, then Vanu can go, and then Addo Carr. And then, you, and then you went and had, obviously it's not this year, but then you went and had the Bromwich brothers go and Fleece Kafusi. And Adam Brandon Smith in there as well. Yeah, Adam Brandon Smith, that was a massive one. And then also add the potential for Cameron Munster to be going. Like that's a big, like that's a real potential for him to leave the club. The future for me doesn't look good for this Melbourne Storm team, but they've still got those players there for this year. And I, I think they'll definitely be without a doubt in the top four as much as it pains me to say it. The thing stopping me from saying, oh, they're going to miss the eight completely, Bellamy factor. Yeah. That's the only thing stopping me from going, oh, oh, I don't, I just can't definitively say, oh, they're going to miss out. Yeah, because as long as Bellamy's there. You give him every confidence in the world. They're going to be in the top four. But I also think the fact there's there'll be question marks around Ryan Pappenhauser and just sort of how he will. I think the fact he's had a full preseason under his belt will be massive for him. And I hope he really comes in his round ready to go because we definitely need a player like him for origin. Um, exactly. But, yeah, that's. I, I think it's, it's safe to say that the Storm are going to be in third. If they have another slow start, then I can definitely see them... You know, dropping down a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more. So it'll be interesting. 100%. So that's the ladder done. Now, Dallium medalist prediction time now, and I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, he was second last year in some pretty controversial circumstances. He was the Clive Churchill medalist last year. I've kind of gone with the theme of just picking the Clive Churchill medalist from the previous year. <laughs> would have actually worked for me from 2020 to 2021. I would have got um, Jack White correct. But I think Nathan Cleary. Now, it's the only major award that he hasn't won yet. And just with how he takes the game by the scruff of the neck and turns it, I think that this is the time for him to show that he can do it. Yeah, and I agree. I think it's really the time for him to show, and I've had him as well. Hey. And it's just because it makes sense. And there are obviously a bunch of other guys in, in the NRL at the moment who are going to be contending for that Dally M spot. But I think there's none more confidently that you can say is going to win it than Nathan Cleary. Um, so I really think if he has another big origin, he'll have, I think he'll just have a, a, a good year this year. And I think it comes down to the way he plays an origin as well. If he has a big origin season and can steer this team into the top four, if if they're minor premiers, then I, without a doubt, he should be the Dalian medalist. So, you know, I thought he should have been at last year, to be honest. And, um, yeah, so are we doing grand final predictions now? Yeah, we're going to move into our grand final predictions. So, I think with this grand final I've picked, I might as well just leave where I live. Roosters against Panthers. <laughs> well, we... Now, I'll explain why. I'm 
a diehard Roosters fan. I've lived in Penrith all my life. And if the Roosters and Panthers played each other in the grand final, I would just go book a hotel in Bondi and spend grand final week there. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's, I mean, I've got Roosters car, Roosters number plates. I'm happy to flex that I go for them. But I just think that those two teams are going to be the benchmark. And rarely do we see 1v2 playing a grand final. It's very rare that 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 actually does happen. I think the last time would have been Roosters Storm in 2018. Oh, sorry, no, it happened in 2020. My apologies. With um, Pampers and Storm. But it doesn't happen often. And I think that it's really that grand final. What do you have? I would Roosters and Panthers as well. I, I would love to see it. I would love, I would love for it to happen. Um, I definitely think moving to Bondi for a week would be um, a smart decision. As a vocal Roosters fan as you are, um, thank you, Sean. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> for me, for me, if the Raiders, were, I'm not saying the Raiders are going to make it. Look, like, let's say the Raiders make the finals, and it's it's the Raiders versus Penrith. I'm just one of a very few Raiders fans living in the Blue Mountains. So I can sit back here and I can be as boisterous and confident as I want. And, and you it's live, fine. And you, and you could just hide because it would be very hard to get to your place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Geographical so, location. I've got it going for me. Um, I, I might crash at your place for grand final day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be the safest place. Um, but, yeah, definitely, though, look, Roosters and, and Panthers. I'm not going to say who I think is going to win because I think that's just – I don't think you can predict who's No, definitely uh, not. But, but that yeah. will conclude our opening episode of the league scene for 2022. As I've said before, I'm moving to a weekly format when the NRL season kicks off, as well as the history corners that you've seen sporadically throughout in the past. I'd like to thank Reese before he ditched us and Sean for coming on today. Sean, thanks for joining us on the league scene. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, yeah, I'd love to come on a couple of uh, you know the podcast episodes on the week to week ones. Um, unfortunately, I probably won't be able to come on all of them because because of school. But I definitely love doing uh, this one, and it was a, it was a bit of an honour to be honest. So yeah, thanks very much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>